1: They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
2: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price.
3: Wow, home sweet home. This is the first time I've been to Porto in a very, very long time. What were the last couple of years and what not? And it's sunny. So, Tiago, tell me what does a uh, home match day look like for you, uh, the dragão?
4: It's a busy day the first thing is uh, it's very busy day uh, really intense day also lots of work lots of uh, people going by and and telling stuff this is not working this is working Uh, regarding uh, our TV show um, before the match obviously it's the the most important day in in the week of uh, FC Porto fan uh, as it should and uh, yeah you you feel like the. the, intensity growing when when the time comes you know you understand you, if it's like one day for for the um, for the match you you start feeling different and when it's a champions league match like this for instance against uh, milan it's even uh, uh, you get uh, even more nervous. you know. It's a classic game in the Champions League yeah. and uh, this season, <laughs> all the games in this group are classic like Atletico Madrid or Liverpool. Mm. Uh, so, um, yeah, it, it's like that. Lots of information from uh, everywhere um, and and intense. intense, intense, it's intense.
3: So that, that atmosphere is <coughs> obviously way different for a, a, a Champions League game. How does that affect the fans and how does that in turn inf- affect your show, I guess?
4: Yeah, it affects everyone, yeah, in fact, because the atmosphere also affects uh, our, our work. We feel lo- lo- um, more motivated, mm. uh, maybe that's not the best word, but I think that you understand what, what I'm yeah, telling sure. you. Um, I think that the fans also, it's a dream for everyone to to play in the Champions League. It's a dream to win a Champions League. We, we, we know what's the, the feeling like because we won twice so i think that the fans obviously uh, the fans that don't play but uh, they they feel part of the game and and they really are the part of the game uh, and if you we we didn't think that uh, now after covid we we understand that they are really part of the game and so uh, yeah the, the the atmosphere is quite different i think that they, uh, yeah it's a good question i don't know how, how to even in Portuguese it's not a matter of uh, English <laughs> um, uh, speaking it's, it's because you really feel different when it's a Champions League game, uh, when it's a Champions League uh, week uh, because I think that for me uh, we start to like uh, remembering uh, in the past the games, yeah. people coming from abroad, for instance I, I remember uh, when Manchester United played in, in Porto with Eric Cantona uh, and it's 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 unbelievable. You, you get that that feeling. You get that memory. And I think that that's the same for for any fan, um, any sport from Porto. The, they feel like this. And and then you think that okay, we are tonight playing Milan. We played against Liverpool. It's not a, a good match to remember. Mm. But even even so, knowing that uh, they have Klopp, knowing they have uh, Salah, Mane, etc. We know that it's very difficult to beat, beat them, and <laughs> it showed, but uh, it's like, okay, let's see if you are capable, if, mm. let, let's, let's try, and uh, we have nothing to lose, so I think that's the spirit of the, of the, the match, the, the, the day and the atmosphere, and that's why everyone wants to come and wants to be part of the game.
3: Well, I, I guess like the Champions League is special for Porto anyway because they've won it a couple of times. But of course, the last time they won it with Jose Mourinho was the first season here in the in the Dragao. They moved from Stadio de Chantês to here halfway through the season, and that first. Game here in the Champions League was the one against Manchester United, where Benny McCarthy scored twice. So every night you go in there for a Champions League game, it must feel super
4: special. Yeah, it is. And last week, um, the the last part of Stadio Tresentos was removed uh. A right. bit, yeah. So it, it's it's a nostalgic time now also for us, and yeah, that's it. Uh, when when the, we changed the stadium, also we got uh, that uh, fantastic year with uh, Mourinho with Barry McCarthy, with Costinha scoring. The last minute uh, in uh, in yeah in, we'll uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> in Old Trafford uh, yeah it's it's insane and that's the magic of Champions League you know mm-hmm. it's it's the magic where where money it's important obviously and and uh, each year that goes by more important mm-hmm. it is but uh, but you, you you see that you can do it uh, without uh, that much money like Manchester City Real Madrid Barcelona. For instance, Sergio Conceição in, in uh, F.C. Porto uh, mm-hmm. has done it uh, in the last years, always not winning the trophy, but uh, always competing against the best teams. Well, yeah,
3: two quarterfinals in, in in three years—that yeah. that, that's that's pretty incredible. And I guess that and 2004 seems more and more incredible as the years go by because it, it's kind of difficult to em- the, the, the opportunities are even smaller for teams like FC Porto with great histories but not the same elite financial level as, as some of these other teams in Europe now
4: yeah yeah it, it's, it's impossible uh, if you see and, and if you try to, to to think about the other classic teams that, that they are not full of money uh, uh, they are not uh, among the, the biggest teams in the Champions League anymore. You, you saw uh, Ajax coming back uh, some years ago, yeah. but they they, they disappeared for a while. And, and they are uh, and a classic team from Champions League. Porto um, had uh, the, the we 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 achieved the, that. We we kept on going to the Champions League. We kept on on, on competing and uh, sometimes better than other, but uh, always I think. Besides Liverpool, it was mm. really hard to play against Porto. Even Manchester City last year, mm. Chelsea last year also, uh, which with great teams they were finalists and one of them obviously won the, the Champions League. But that gave uh, them the hardest game. They yeah. gave Chelsea the hardest game. Didn't yeah, they? yeah, the, 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 one one the only playoffs. team that uh, won against Chelsea, the one only team that did, uh, besides Chelsea didn't lose against Manchester City yeah. going to the final. Uh, there was the only draw, I think, here in Dragão against Manchester City, then they, they lost uh, the final. So uh, it, it's it's really hard hard to, to ki- keep competing at that level but uh, uh, well for uh, tries is best and also the fans are really important uh, because they they ask for that the, they demand that you know from from the team and uh, the youth players that we uh, are developing the, the the players that come from abroad like Luis Diaz Dier- mm. uh, that everyone now talks about uh, and others um, have to to be at uh, that level
3: talked about the fans um how much how much of a bridge did you provide between the team and the fans during Covid because of course there was a long time when they couldn't get in the stadium and you know Porto even celebrated a championship in an empty stadium which must have been a, a weird feeling how did you live through that and how did the fans respond differently to you and the show while that was going on, do you think?
4: Yeah, it was really, really hard. Uh, it was awkward to to celebrate a championship mm. um, and not having any fan, uh, any support in the in the stands. Uh, what we tried to do, uh, and like the FC Porto communication part, uh, what tried to do, it was like to to make that bridge, like you told, uh, by social media. Um, mm. Having different kind of shows uh, with uh, historical players uh, getting closer to the team and having the players talk to the fans uh, and I think that the fans also also said uh, that they enjoyed the that, that that work that was done by FC Porto
3: did you feel like it was a lot of responsibility for you and your
4: colleagues Yes of course uh, no doubt about that yeah. because it, and it was we work hard every time you know. Of but th- in th- in that uh, time I- it was like uh, even uh, harder you know because uh, everyone was expecting that everyone was at home uh, no one could be in the stadium no one co- could be in uh, away games so we were really the, the ones that were taking that information uh, that feeling to the to the fans so that that was also obviously a big responsibility and uh, and it was really, really a nice time on work-wise, because of obviously, with the pandemic, it wasn't <laughs> nice. It wasn't any anything uh, good. But uh, apart from that, our work was really, really... Um, I think I feel that, and and the defense the said also that uh, in that time that it was really important what we are, were doing because we are we're making like that bridge that like you told um, between the fans and and um, and the team.
3: And now the supporters are back. I mean, it's three hours before kickoff. We can already see them milling around the stadium. People are excited, um, all, all in the, all in the strips and their scarves and uh, and stuff what does it feel like to to have fans back for a night like this and what's the feeling for you the moment when you hear that champions league anthem
4: it's amazing it's amazing it's uh, it's it's hard to describe uh, what the feeling is because you get to the the turf um, to the pitch, and and you see everyone coming. Uh, obviously, everyone is m- even more motivated to, c- to be in the stadium yeah. than, than before, and um, and to to get that atmosphere back. Uh, the 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 Champions League anthem, uh, the Porto anthem, also. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 uh, gives you goosebumps. <laughs> it's it's unbelievable.
3: in the early stages, a few big fouls already, Porto I thought they should have had one on Luis Diaz, and Sergio Oliveira lunged into a tackle straight after that, quite yellow, all players surrounded the referee. So players getting carried away with the importance of this already, and there is a huge importance to it, because everyone's been saying that Milan have to win this. The Porto only got one point for their first two. So it's huge for them as well. Especially if they took a real kick in, in their last game here in front of their own fans against Liverpool. And speaking of kicking... Pepe's just slugged it into the stand. Oh, he's the ash of the post. so 40th minute little lull in the game because uh, Vendel's got hurt and he's getting some treatment he's just uh, left field as you can hear while Pepe lines up a free kick 40 minutes in Porto have had 9 attempts on goal Milan, none. That's how it's been going so far. I guess you could say Porto haven't worked Tatu Asanu quite enough given the opportunities they've had. It's just that little feeling that maybe Milan squirrel away something on the break. A bit like in the first half of that game at Anfield where they're at 1-0 down getting absolutely battered and somehow managed to go into the break 2-1 up. But here come Porto again. chance Oh, another great chance, missed by Tarone. came inside unchallenged, kind of dragged the shot, with quite a lot of the goal to aim at. They're going to regret missing all these chances quite hard not to think that as the game goes on still at 0-0. I think it should have been a foul on the edge of the box by Taremi before the ball came out to, to Diaz who's try it who put across him in the first place. It's difficult to see. Porto were initially asking, I think, for a penalty for that tangle involved in Taremi. It was a really precise finish by Luis Diaz. They just revving up the fans there as they try and close out stoppage time.
0: Hi, I'm Flo Lloyd-Hughes. I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. And I'm Chloe Morgan. Join us every week on our brand new show, Upfront, on Football Ramble Presents. We'll get stuck into the biggest stories of women's football every Tuesday from the latest in the WSL. Gareth Taylor said, oh, well, actually, we were playing 3-4-3 and we moved to 4-4-3-3. If you look at any of the footage, if you look at the way the players played in that first half... There were four players playing at the back. That sort of comment speaks of a manager who doesn't quite know what they're doing. To how the Lionesses are shaping up ahead of a home Euros next summer. For me, I would pick Leah Williamson. I would just go for it now. For a younger age captain, you've got some big tournaments coming up. I think a lot of players think she's got a really great mentality, gets on with a lot of people. For me, she's a born leader and I think she will be England captain at some point. And what it's really like being a player in women's football today... From my own experiences of of being in a situation like that, I mean, you know, when we got promoted uh, when I was with Spurs, that was phenomenal. I was, you know, first choice keeper, you know, then you go into the WSL for our first season, and all I wanted to do was get WSL experience. Join us every Tuesday for upfront search Football Ramble Presents in your podcast app. Subscribe now. Football Ramble Presents is a stack production.
3: all the people outside the stadium waiting to get in while they do Covid pass, vaccination checks, all that sort of stuff. I mean deluge is hot even when it's like half full and yeah I think they're feeling it tonight. Now the Estadio deluge is filling up they've got the little trolley like lectin trolley on with the club crest, where, which is where the eagle lands. They like fly the eagle before the start of the game, and then the trick is he lands on the lectin, and that's what gets everything under like lectin shelf. Anyway, the, league, the eagle lands so you can go. The eagle has landed afterwards. Oh, here she comes. Coming into land now. Yeah, not them people without it. Saras from Lewandowski. Yeah, Bayern keep getting down that Benfica right side. Yeah, it's that, just,
5: just a straight ball at field. Yeah. Just yeah. uh, it onto place.
3: Yeah, they need some cover over there, don't they? Yeah. Benfica. With injury for ages, and yeah. then you come back into a game like this.
5: Yeah, I know. He's only, I think it's his first start the kick game in the weekend.
0: Yeah.
3: Sané doing his defensive doggies there? And getting stripped by Otamendi. Oh. Oh, there goes Darwin. Oh, he's taking it a bit wide. Oh! What a save by Neuer. Darwin looked as if he'd taken it well wide and then came back inside he was just so strong curled it towards a far post it was a brilliant save by oh yeah. Lewandowski lost by Coman now switched over to the other side and one of the Benfica players I think it's Diogo Goncalves, is asking for a hand ball well the referee's getting spoken to first half that atmosphere isn't it nice to have it back
5: oh yeah absolutely i mean it's just a different thing isn't it i tell you andy i came here see a couple of the derbies last season yeah and it was just so strange it was like i don't know it's like watching a football match in a cemetery it was just absolutely it just didn't seem right you know this magnificent theater this magnificent stadium and the loudest thing you could hear was the radio commentators down there
3: it's, and, and they are pretty loud yeah. but I mean it's, it's weird I was talking to someone about this yesterday you go through all those same things that you do on the way to a game like you know you take the same walk or the same metro trick or, or, or whatever and then the minute the whistle goes it's just it all sort of feels a bit pointless doesn't
5: it? Yeah absolutely yeah it seems almost and also, you can hear the players as well. Sometimes, if the if the radio yeah. commentators quieting it down for a while, I think that's a
3: Portuguese particular problem. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but you can hear the players, which is quite amazing. You know, sometimes it just you kind of have to pinch yourself that it's not a game in the park, and you realise that you know this is just normally there'd be fifty thousand people watching this, but yeah, you just know, a, you know nothing like a nothing like a, you know big big stadium like this for for a big match like this.
3: You know, I was just thinking but the last time we saw each other in the flesh, Bruno Fernandes scored the winner for Sporting against Benfica. Ah,
5: yeah, great That's, that's how long it's been. Great memories. Yeah, that was. God, it's a long time ago, isn't it? Although, he, I suppose he has come
3: a long way in a, a short time at, mm. a, at Manchester United. But what about Benfica in that time? Because in that time, Georges Jesus has come back to Benfica. They spent an absolutely eye-watering amount on players, and that's without thinking about the contracts given to, say, Jan Vertonghen, who came on a free. Because of the truncated format of the Champions League last season, he went, well, I really want to do something in the Champions League. One match in, they were out, to, to Pauk. So, how was last season for him? Because he could do nothing wrong in his first spell at the club, and in his second spell, he started with spending a stack on players, getting knocked out of the Champions League instantly, and not winning a league title that they were absolutely nailed on for.
5: Yeah, I suppose unmitigated disaster is a pretty much the <laughs> only way—the only way you can describe Benfica's season last season. Because, like you said, you know they were odds on to win the league. George just had come back. You know, Porto weren't looking particularly strong. The sporting were in a complete mess. You know, rebuilding as usual from zero. And so, yeah, spending all that money, George just just seemed like the ingredients were there for. For Benfica, just to run away with the league, and uh, you know, people, yeah, were talking about actually making an impression in Europe and everything. But of course, that that first result was so important because, of course, that led almost certainly to the departure of Ruben Diaz who they had to mm. sell, yeah, and that unsettled them. And then they actually started the league quite well. I think they won the first five or six matches. You know, people again thought, okay, out of Champions League, but you know, they, they should win the league. And then they just lost really unexpectedly 3-0, I think, to Boavista. they lost at home to Braga I can't remember which of those games were first but they're in pretty much quick succession and then never recovered and then, of course, Benfica kind of the official line is that they were decimated by Covid but, of course, all the clubs had to deal with that but Mm. it is, I suppose to be fair they were particularly badly hit I think, at one stage they had about 15 players out or something, 10 or 15 players and the opposition—I can't remember if it was Nacional or someone—they refused to, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, to delay the game, and mm. so they just went through a spell, and they have about, say, two or three months when just everything that could go wrong did go wrong, and never recovered.
3: So did he stay because it was too expensive to fire him, and because it would have reflected badly on now former president Luis Felipe Vieira?
5: Oh yeah, absolutely, and he. Of course, the elections, the presidential elections, the last presidential elections before the ones which which had just taken place, just about a year ago in October, I think. So, you know, the season had just started and it was actually just after that spell when Benfica had started the league quite well. And so, you know, that was kind of the... People say that Vieira brought in Jorge Jesus to save him. Jorge Jesus said, you know, people thought that Vieira would would save Jorge Jesus when... He was possibly looking at the sack, so they really needed each other. But, uh, but yeah, he, yeah and they, they'd offered him a big, a big amount of money. Because also, you know, sacking Georges Jesus then, would, that, would a, a new person coming in really have been able to do much? Yeah. You know, part of the season, it's pretty debatable. So I think, yeah, I think even most Benfica fans, quite a few of them who don't particularly like Georges Jesus, of course, especially for the way he left the club. I think they were happy to, you know, to, to give him another season and see if he can put it right.
3: So, George Jesus, in a way, he's kind of like a Portuguese Antonio Conte, in which you can't really argue with his achievements domestically. He's never quite done it in the Champions League. How big was the win over Barcelona at the Luge for him? Because I understand that Barcelona aren't Guardiola Barcelona or even Luis Enrique Barcelona, There's still Barcelona, and that was a huge thing for Benfica. How big was it for him?
5: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, he doesn't need, George. just doesn't need much excuse to remind people of what a brilliant coach he is. (laughs) 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 You can imagine what he was like at the end of that game, you know, describing... round
3: the top of the stadium. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he is,
5: but, you know, he is a great manager. I think he is a great manager, but he... Uh, you know, like I say, he's, got, he's very entertaining as well because he's mm. just got you know this very high opinion of himself that he makes sure that everyone else, uh, you know, he wants to get everyone to share that opinion as well. But uh, but yeah, it was yeah, no doubt about it, really important. And they've done, you know, they've looked really good this season. Benfica, I think, like I, I was just mentioning before, the three big Portuguese clubs. There's been much less turnaround than there normally is. Almost every season in Portugal, you know, the biggest clubs, the three big clubs, you're looking at seven eight nine players in seven eight nine players out mm. but that hasn't happened at all this season so of course these players at Benfica have had a year with Jorge Jesus they know his ideas he knows them better and uh yeah the, the team's just starting to click and they're yeah they're looking good this season they are looking really strong but uh but you know it's interesting because like I said last season they look like runaway favorites for the league this season I think it's going to be quite close
3: just to be clear, the fans aren't disagreeing with your opinion. <laughs> Bayern have just come out for
5: the second half. So <laughs> <That's laughs> we'd right, probably better leave it there. <laughs> can't give George just a word of praise, <laughs> The <laughs> people have spoken.
3: <laughs> oh, Another great save by Odiseos. By but Müller's tucked in the rebound after he's saved from Lewandowski. shouting for offside, but I don't think they're going to get a save this time. More Comar on the left wing. It's just, this really is his place. He's having a great old time here. Amazing dribble. And Vercodimus quite defiantly has not gone and got the ball back. It's still sitting about in the six-yard box, isn't it? Oh, it's the side again! the next best thing to scoring a goal now, (laughs) is the other team having one short (laughs) off.
5: 2-0
3: to Benfica in that sense. (laughs) So, Bayern have just brought on Gnabry for Pava in what can only be described as an absolute power flex. So, Bayern have sort of gone to three at the back. Give them a platform to really go for it. Yeah. We got around the back, didn't he? he? flicked it in. Maybe it did come off Everton. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's another one. It's all unravelling a little bit now. And Lewandowski saw his goal from super close in. Yeah, they're getting the goals. A bit like on Bayern on Saturday, they're getting the goals now that match their play earlier in the half. happens in Germany you see we've got two minutes of stoppage time here if um, if one team's getting absolutely whacked in the Bundesliga like that if there's five minutes of stoppage time left they'll blow up with like n- 90 minutes and one second okay. just just to like let them off yeah but um, yeah we're gonna get our full two minutes here aren't we yeah. in the Champions League context all you can do is applaud Benfica for the effort because they weren't terrible by any stretch of the imagination and Bayern for just being Bayern
1: and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.